Has the story of your love life taken an unexpected plot twist? Well, this is the podcast that helps millennials rewrite the story of their love life by learning simple strategies for starting and maintaining a healthy relationship. Through candid and unscripted conversations, we provide tools to help navigate the twists and turns of dating and relationships. Are you ready to flip the script on your love life? If so, sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy another episode of the Love Unscripted Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Love Unscripted Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Wilson. And this is the podcast where we have unscripted conversations with millennials about relationships and dating. So I hope you are having another great start to your week. Hopefully you had a restful weekend and I hope spring is being nice to you. I don't know about y'all, but this this seasonal allergies has really been kicking my butt. Uh, on the last episode, I don't know if y'all noticed, but man, I was trying to like mute my mic because I thought I was going to sneeze and all those kind of things. So shout out to the people with allergies if you need a little local remedy i heard taking local honey in your tea or just straight taking that as as a shot will help with those seasonal allergies but shout out to y'all but i just want to thank everyone who's been taking the time out to listen to every episode to be able to participate in these conversations where we're just trying to learn how to do love and relationships it doesn't matter what stage of the journey of love you're in whether you're trying to find love whether you think you found someone you're trying to see how long this can go or if you have taken that vow and you have committed to someone for a lifetime like how do we make this thing work and I believe the only way we really make it work is to one have conversation with each other about what our experiences are we have to start normalizing the fact that what we experience in relationships is not unique to us but it's very much a human experience and the second one man we need some skills love does not just happen Love is very intentional. And with the right skills, we can make love last a lifetime. So I just want to thank everyone who's been here and been part of this journey. It's been a long one. I've been enjoying it. But this week is no different. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell y'all about the, the, the episode from last week. So if you missed Dr. Canary, where we talked about how to actually talk about sex in the dating phase, that was a good one. A lot of people wait until they are years down the line where uh, the ring may be popped out at any moment to talk about sex. When sex needs to become part of our normal conversation when we're getting to know somebody, and it definitely needs to stay a topic of discussion once you've committed and you're in a a long-term relationship with your partner. So if you did not listen to that one, go ahead, pause this one, go listen to that one. I'm not going to be hurt. But listen to that one where we talk about how to actually start having those conversations about sex without feeling pressured to actually have sex in the moment. But this week, we have another great guest who's going to be joining us. I'm super excited. Let me go ahead and get them in here. All right, sir, go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everybody? I am Dr. Purvis Taylor III. I am CEO of Avrin Wellness and what else do I do? I write books around black men's mental health. I teach on emotional intelligence in collegiate settings. Uh, I've been in the wellness space for over 13 years and I also coach 
as well. Okay, okay. I, I love it. I love people who are in this helping space. I, I, I'm biased to those who are willing to help others. It, it's it's hey. Yes, yes. And I've been following you for so long and now finally being able to collaborate with you. This is an honor for me and I'm just excited for the conversation. Bro, it's an honor for me. I asked you. I was like, bro, what can I get on here? What's good? Everybody else been on here but me. Right, right. And, and I, I am going to take a minute to, to recognize the gray. Like, I've been trying to, like, I have patches of gray. Yes. This on the sides of my head, it's, it's, it's a family thing. My mother has it in the exact same spot. Her father has it, exact same spot. He's actually a twin. She has it. Exact same spot. So I'm trying to get the whole thing to go ahead and go because I'm like, man, I'm too young to start like trying to decide if I'm going to color it or not. Brother, listen, I've been great since I was a teenager and my my mother had hers in the same spot. So like I'm the only one out of my mother's children who ha who has gray hair. So I don't know. Hey, I'm trying to become yeah. I'm trying to become part of the Gray Wolf Club. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it's a prestigious uh, club I'm trying to get inducted into. <laughs> I'm just waiting for my card. But I do have some get to know you questions okay. so, that our get, uh, so that our audience can get to know you a little bit better. Awesome. So here's the first one. Life is really busy. We're in this hustle, bustle, grind culture. As you said, you spend a lot of your time teaching and assisting others. Mm -hmm. What is something that you do for yourself to when you need to disconnect from the world, when you need to take time to yourself, when you need to recharge your battery? So in other words, what is it that you do for self-care? Listen, I will sit right out there on that couch, put my electric blanket on and watch streaming service for like five hours straight nonstop. And in addition to that, I will have a dance party by myself. Either I'll go out. But I love to dance. So like like people will see me walking around Brooklyn dancing to music, you know, in my AirPods. And I don't care who's looking at me. I'm going to get my dance in. I'm going to get my wiggle in. Uh, what else? I work out, uh, hang out with a lot of friends. I'm very social. Uh, so, yeah, I do all those things. Watching, you know, I, definitely watching TV is one of them. And music is is major. Mm, OK, see, I. I I, I don't like to tell a lot of people that I like to watch a lot of TV, but growing up, that's how me and my family bonded. Same. Like, we watched movies together. Same. It was Saturday night. We're going to get popcorn. We may do pizza. We may do a movie. But we are watching a show. Back then, we used to go to Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. and Come on, Blockbuster Video. Listen, all day, brother. And, and for us, it was Friday night. Right. Watched, so I... You know, my family, we love martial arts movies. So we would just get any random martial arts movie and we would watch it every Friday. So, yeah, same, samesies. Yes, I definitely be on that. And especially, I, I, man, I felt right at home when COVID hit because I was just, okay, well, let me catch up on all these, uh, <laughs> everything on my watch list. Yeah. So thank you for sharing a little bit about yourself on that one. So here's another question, and this is going to be the last one. I keep it pretty short. What comes to mind when you hear the word love? Oh, gosh. Unconditional. Um, unconditional, selfless, um, like a big hug, like a big gigantic hug and, um, and no performance, mm. not being performative to, to get it. Mm -hmm. 
Who I think of I, Jesus, also Jesus. I think about Jesus and God and things like that when I think about love. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to people who say unconditional love doesn't exist? It does, because think about this, right? I always use this as an example, you know, especially when people like dealing with, you know, worthiness, right? Not thinking that they deserve love or they shame themselves or they're judging themselves for things, mistakes that they've made. I, you know, there are people on death row right now who still receive care packages from their mothers. And these people are proven that they did what they did. You understand? And they still receive care packages. And that to me is unconditional love. Like yeah, their mother is like, that's my baby still. Regardless of what they've done, I still love my child, you know? And so like, I think about unconditional love in that regard, like, like those, they just were born and the, and the mother still loved them. They obviously showed up in the world, probably not their best selves, but their mother still loved them. And so I think about, you know, unconditional love does exist. Mm. And that's a perfect example. That's a perfect example of how someone you use the term worthiness, and that's what a lot of people struggle with. Yes. Not just with themselves, but who they deem worthy of love. Yeah. It, it it really kind of will end up going in a circle because how you see yourself extends to what kind of grace and empathy you have for others. Right. And how we see them as deserving of love. So we can get into that a whole different time. I like the reason I ask is because I'm one of those people who believe that unconditional love exists. It just may look different given our status of a relationship. Absolutely. And also how we view love. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I view love simply as like, you know, the other person benefits at my expense. Like I, I view that that's love. Like I'm loving you and I'm loving you on purpose. And it's it's a cost to me to love you. You know what I mean? To give it to you. Like that's how much, that's how powerful love is. It's at my expense. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, not at yours. And so like, I think a lot of times we think, you know, love is very distorted for a lot of us. And it's, and it's usually tempered and it's usually colored by our experiences mm -hmm. or what we see on TV or what we see on social media. Like, you know what I mean? Like it all... All those things affect how we view it. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite psychologists, Dr. Samuel Hesse, talks about unconditional love in a sense that unconditional love doesn't mean unconditional access. And unconditional tolerance. <laughs> On top of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people, people think love means agreement. Ooh, okay. And that's not love. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. If you have a child, right? I, ha I have nieces and nephews. And when they act up or say they want something, I still love them, but they're not getting what they want from me because they've been acting up. So I'm not in agreement with you wanting a popsicle. You know what I'm saying? Because you ain't earned it. You, you get what I'm saying? But I still love you. Like, would I sacrifice my life for you? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think a lot of times we really got to tease out what we think love is. Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask that is because people tend to have such a fixed idea of what love is. And so I ask our guests that so people can start to reimagine what love is yeah. outside of their own experience. Reframe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that I have come to rethink because other people have explained it from a different perspective. Absolutely. It takes me outside of the feelings and emotions that I have about it, depending on where I'm at at any given time in my life, and lets me look at it from, okay, 
aside from me, this is what is possible or what can be. So it's good. I try to ask people that because a lot of people have limited view of what love is. And I just want people to have other examples or other vocabulary to start reimagining what love is. So I think I love that you said reimagine and also too like expanding, right? Because mm -hmm. part of what we view love, there may be that may be a component of it, but not love in its fullness, right? And so like I like that you use the word reimagine. So like that expansion, like just being expanded. Life is about expanding. You know what I mean? So like if you can expand who you are and um you know, I think I think you're on the right road if you can expand, if you're willing to be expanded. Right. You know, because I think that's the challenge. I think some of us, we're married to what we want and what we think something should be. Oh, see, I can already tell this is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> we haven't got into our topic yet, but yeah. let's go ahead and jump into this conversation. Awesome. today. So Excuse let me start off here. No, you're good. So a couple of weeks ago, we had an episode where I was joined by Elon B. King. And we had a conversation about what men were not taught about relationships. Mm. There, there's a lot of doing that we were taught. We were taught to do acts of chivalry. We were taught to provide. We were taught, we were taught that protection looks a certain way. Yeah. And there were a lot of gaps that we have. And one of the things that Elon said is that we have to start getting new skills skills and becoming more self-aware. And that whole conversation was really deep. That episode is called What Men Weren't Taught About Relationships. But yeah. I think today we're going to dive deeper into something I think can really help men specifically be able to be better in relationships. Because this is, this is my perspective. There's a lot of stuff out there. We see it on social media, what men and women think about relationships. I'm of the belief and of the camp that on the men's side, we have to start doing some of our own work in order to lead our counterparts in a way that is noble, that is loving, and that can grow over time. Not that they want to be a part of, and that they want to be a part of. And that they want to be a part of, exactly. So as men are learning about relationships, as we are being taught by other men and learning on the internet, there's a lot of terms that come up. One of them is self-awareness. Yeah. Um, another thing that a lot of men are learning about is vulnerability. These are words that a lot of men have not been able to tap into or have even wrestled with within themselves. But we're going to talk about another term today that I see being brought up and a lot of men may not be aware of it or may not even know how to go about cultivating it. And it's this idea of emotional intelligence. And as you mentioned, you teach this on a collegiate level, and I'm pretty sure to many other people. So first and foremost, what is emotional intelligence? Oh, wow, that's a great question. So emotional intelligence, I'm gonna I'm simplify. It's really basically like learning how to name and identify the emotion that you are experiencing and, know, and learning how to process it in such a way that yields a positive outcome, right? And true emotional intelligence is being able to identify it in others and help them to process through that emotion that yields a positive outcome. And when I mean positive outcome, I don't mean like roses. I mean like you didn't go off or you didn't get out of character or you're doing everything that you can to honor who you truly are. And so that's what I mean by positive outcome, because I think people think it means like, oh, everything we're going to be holding hands and skipping. No, 
it just means that you are honoring who you are and you're able to articulate what you're going through and you're able to process that experience in a healthy way. Mm, that's good. So you talk about processing. What does it even look like to process our thoughts? Because men can be real solution oriented and yeah. we tend to try to find a solution in the quickest way possible. But you said processing, which sounds like it's not just an immediate thing. There's actually something else going on. What What is that all about? Well, well, the thing is, you know, emotional decisions lead to disaster always. Right. And so, like, I think a lot of times why we as men are quick to, like, try to find a solution or quick to navigate through it is because we're uncomfortable sitting in the emotion. And I always tell people emotions don't die. They just transform and they show up at the most inopportune times. Unprocessed emotions don't die. You understand? And so, like you know, really to deal with emotions is to experience them and let them have their way, but just don't make any decisions based off of them, right? Because emotions really identify where we are on our human journey. So that's what they do. They earmark where we are on our journey. So if you're in pain, if you're hurt, if you're sad, it's letting you know, the emotions are letting you know that you are sad, right? And it's okay to live in that space, but it's not okay to suppress it, to avoid it, or to act like it's not there. You understand? Um, and so like processing really is about experiencing the emotion, going through all the phases of what it is and letting it subside and then make an informed decision. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's a step that we don't take. We, we miss out on our humanity as men when we skip that process. Mm -hmm. So, so, so I can hear someone saying, I hear you. Like I get it. Yeah. Yet men have been conditioned not to go to that emotional space and feel their emotions. Right. They've been taught to suppress and push away so long that now it's almost second nature to brush off those feelings, brush off that emotion, or to not even consider how you feel about a situation in fear that we will be considered um, feminine, uh, that we're crybabies, or you're too emotional. Uh, you're not manly enough because you are showing this range of emotion. What can you say to the men who may be apprehensive of tapping into that because they may not know how they'll even respond once you really start delving into those feelings and emotions? Well, I mean, we have to look at like the alarm and suicide rates in black men, right? You know, the national numbers went down over COVID, but they increased rapidly in black men, right? And so that, that rate alone... Um, in itself is like, okay, so we need to start really dealing with what we're, you know, what we're going through the, you know, the rates of depression, anxiety that black men are experiencing at record levels are insane, you know? And it's just like so many brothers are struggling and going through And I'm like, listen, you have a choice. Either you want to continue down that path, eventually implode, have a heart attack, get cancer, you know, psychosomatic things are real, you know? And so, like, you, you understand what I'm saying? So it's like, do you want to be healthy or do you want to look like you have or do you want to look like a man? Mm -hmm. You want to be healthy or do you want to look like a man? How society deems you to be a man. Man, and it's so funny that you bring up the somatic experience. I've actually seen men's health improve. I'm talking like blood pressure go down. Yeah, weight loss. W weight loss. Diabetes. Diabetes regulated. I've seen all types of things. From being willing 
to acknowledge your emotions and give them a space to go. Because like you said, it just transforms. And a lot of times it's inward. It's Absolutely. That's why I say we implode before we explode. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely something I think men should start to delve deeper. And so when we're talking about emotional intelligence, how does a man being emotionally intelligent help him in relationships? Well, it builds deeper connectivity. Um, it also honors who you are as a person, right? I think a lot of times we as men, we feel things, right? And our partner could be doing something that, that could be hurting us, that could be harming, harming us. And a lot of times we don't have the, the lexicon to express what they're doing to us or express what we're feeling, right? And I think a lot of times, you know, the strength of any relationship is based on its ability to be repaired, right? And so like, if we're more in tune with our emotions, we're in tune with what we're experiencing and able to articulate that, we're able to repair better. And that builds a deeper bond, that builds deeper intimacy. When a woman hears a man, a healthy woman, hears a man be vulnerable, that's a level of intimacy that's um, that's better than sex sometimes, honestly, because that fragile place within us and being able to share with somebody and they meet you in that space. That is beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. It's the, it's an intimacy that is like at this world. Mm -hmm. So it builds a deeper connection in relationships and it also honors who you are and you're able to express what you're going through, or what you need and communicate what you need in the, in the relationship, communicate where you are in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I like that you use the word intimacy. Let's go there for a second. Yeah. A lot of times we think of intimacy as the connection we have with our partner, someone external. But there is a level of intimacy that is needed to even express what's on the inside of you. How is it that men can start to like be more in tune with that intimate side, not just with the labels that they that have been placed on them, but to really, like you said, the personhood, the humanhood, like how can they tap into that? Well, you know, one of the things you said, self-awareness, right? You, you mentioned the word self-awareness and self-awareness is the first tenet of emotional intelligence. And oftentimes when I'm doing, you know, EQ workshop, workshops, professional developments at corporations, I never get past self-awareness because there's so much to self-awareness, the mechanics of it. I could stay on it for a whole year, if I'm honest, right? And so brothers, knowing yourself is so important. And so one of the things I always tell is spend time with yourself. I, you know, introspection is taking a deep dive into who you are. And I always say take a deep dive into who you are from a lens of curiosity, not judgment and not shame. Right. Ask yourself curious questions like, why do I do that? Or why am I attracted to this? Or why is it when, you know, I, I, I feel triggered, I do this? Or why is it that when, you know, she says something to me, I get upset? Like, where did that come from? Like, get to know who you are. Spend time with yourselves. You know, I think that's so important you know, for us to just be intentional about being introspective. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time because I really want to get, I really want to know why I show up in certain ways or why certain things, why do I respond or react to things differently? You know what I mean? So like, I'm very curious about where that came from. And so I think it's so important for us as men to really spend time with ourselves. And I know that that sounds, you know, a little crazy, a little hokey, but that's the only way you're going to get to get to a space of emotional intelligence. If you can't get past self-awareness, you won't get to self-management. You won't get to social awareness and you won't get to relationship management if you don't know self. 
And, and it's important to realize that it does take time. It's not going to be one sit down moment where, oh, I sat down for 30 minutes. Now I have this grand awakening and I know everything there is to know about myself. It takes past and future. <laughs> listen, listen, and you got to do it for the rest of your life. Ooh. You got to be curious about yourself for the rest of your life. Just like you got to be curious about your partner. You know what I mean? Like you got to be curious about yourself and really understand who you are. Because I always tell people this, you got to live with you. All you got is you. You got to live in that body. So you might as well get to know who that person is and get to love that person. Mm-hmm. And, and so talk about this because it it is a time process. It does require you to be intentional about this time. Yeah. So men who are really busy may have a lot of stuff going on. They may have children. They may have a wife. They may be a single person trying to get a business off the ground. How can they start carving out time to actually do introspection? Um, you know, one of the things I do, because my life is, is hectic, like in the morning time, even if I have like five minutes, I'm going to sit in quiet and just dive deep into myself. Just like, man, just start to explore for however long that, you know, the five minutes I have. Um, but, you know, I think it's more about the intention. It is more about the, the quality versus quantity. Mm. Like if your intention is, I really want to get to know myself, even if something comes up like a memory from when you were five years old, like for instance, like I just discovered, like when people say, tell me things, I hold on to them for dear life. And I was like, where did that come from? Like, I get really angry when people don't keep their word. And through introspection, I recognize my father said he's going to take me fishing when I was five years old. And I got up at four o'clock in the morning and he did not take me fishing. And so from that moment, I'm like, if you don't keep your word, I'm like devastated. And so like I, in introspection, I was able to trace the pathology of it from that moment. And so like, it's really about like just asking yourself questions first and then just sit and see what comes up. Right. And I'm really big on being intentional about your time. Planning. A lot of the work that I do with clients as far as them actually doing some of the exercises before we leave the session, I like to say, okay, so what time and what day are we going to do this? Because life tends to happen. And part of self-awareness is knowing that I have more responsibilities that are going on, yet I still want to make my own wellness a priority. So what time? We Listen, we know what time the football games are. Listen, right. I know when the Lakers play, and I intentionally put make my schedule around when the Lakers play. Absolutely, brother. Listen, no, I I agree with that. Like, and again, it's all about your intention. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people, I say, if you really want to get off a roller coaster, you will. You know what I mean? Like, so it's really, you know, you're empowered to say, like, listen, I'm going to be intentional about getting to know myself because I really want to expand as a man. I really want to. I really want to know myself. I really want to have better connections with my family, my my wife, my significant other, whomever. You have to set that intention. Mm-hmm. And we can't give that to you. Like, Joseph, we can't give that to them. They have to want it for themselves. Right. And there is a process and time process. and attention that is going to be put into it. And one of the things that I want people to realize, this is something that's for you. It may help your relationship, but overall, this is this is for you, fellas. This is for you. Absolutely. It's not about using. Here's what I don't also want to happen. I don't want your emotional intelligence to also be weaponized against people. So what now starts to happen is 
now that I know myself, I start putting very rigid walls, guidelines, barriers that prevent me from connecting. So what can happen if we're not careful to learn ourselves in a way that leaves space for connection rather than building walls as a result of knowing ourselves. I, I think I think that's the goal is right to is to build space and not to build up walls, right? I, I think if you're going into the space with curiosity, you should you come up with love ultimately. Like when you get into know yourself, you should come up with love. Rather it be I, I love myself regardless of what I have going on, or I love myself for being able to make it through whatever I made it through, right? It should always come up in a space of love. And when you love yourself, you are going to be a little bit like, who has access to me? That that does make sense. But to me, when you when you love yourself and re, when you really a, awaken through self-awareness, you start to be more intentional about who you let into your space. That is a given. But to block people off, that should never be the goal or the intent. It's really about you discovering yourself and really loving yourself and being selective about who you want to share that with. Now, I'm, I'm definitely a proponent for that, but um, as far as blocking people off and all these things like that, that's not the goal. The goal is for you to uh, arrive at awakening and self-discovery and love. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. Yes, yeah, sir. Go ahead. Give it to me. Give it to me. People go on their healing journey. Yeah, they, they they do they they do the work, and I'm gonna put air quotes. Do the work, and now all of a sudden I have all these rules and regulations and expectations for relationships of things I will not settle for. Right. I, I will not deal with this. I will not deal with that. Right. And it almost becomes how would I say it? Rigid. Go ahead. Like rigid. Yeah, it's so rigid to the fact that now you don't find anybody. You're so aware of yourself that now you're no longer a match. You're no longer able to connect or no one seems to reach this new standard that you seem to attain by your new enlightenment, your awakening. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that, that's good. Um you know, again, and my answer is still the same, you know, arriving at grace, right? Like, you still don't know yourself fully, right? There's still a lot of things on the journey that you're going to learn and discover about yourself, right? And 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 what, what tends to happen is when we get into that space, we get so high and mighty that when we get brought down, we don't know how to recover, right? And you know what I mean? Because now we're like, we think we're this superhero because we discovered ourselves, but not realizing that we're still vulnerable and still susceptible to life and things happening, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, I, I think one of the things, I, again, you know, when you are in that space, you want to have grace because you don't, listen, we only grow in the context of community. We only grow in the context of relationships, right? We don't grow in isolation. That's a fact, right? And so like, you have to have that awareness to say to yourself, like, yeah, you may be, you know, your type may shift. That's a given, right? What you're looking for may shift when you discover who you are. But really, it should. It, the whole goal of it is for you to land at a place of love and grace and empathy. Empathy for others, people who are on their journey. You know what I mean? And empathy for self. And so, like, that's the goal of EQ, self-awareness, is to arrive at empathy, to arrive at grace, to have an understanding of, you know, the world and how people orient. Like that's the goal, and so like if you're doing all that, then I'm have to question what was your what was your intention? 
you're expanding for yourself, but you're also expanding so you can be a better partner mm-hmm. and a better whatever. You understand? You're doing it for self first, but then you also, you want, if you discover that you're an amazing person, why would you not want to share that with somebody? Right. And, and oh my goodness, this is, this is something that, listen, we weren't taught this. A lot of men were not taught this early. So right. it may seem as though men are behind. And I'll say in some regards, we just didn't get the information at the same time as everyone else may have. But right. through, but but through this process and things that you've outlined, I can imagine a world where men are more emotionally intelligent. And I believe that the dating space, relationship spaces change. I think we still have a lot of positive influence on our community, but it's going to start with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, you know, I always believe like, when when the father is in line, the family eventually gets in line. So I I I, I subscribe to that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's about you know information. I think a lot of times, brothers, we I didn't know this growing up. Like I wish I would have known this growing up. I wish I would have had this. And and I even got into this business so that other men would not have to go through the things that I that I experienced growing up as a child. You know, and so like. This is so needed. It's so important for us. You know, as black men, we are allowed to be humans. We are allowed to live in our humanity. And I think that's the goal of this. Truly, it's for us to honor our humanity, because I think in our experience, we're not allowed to be that. We have to be we have to show up a certain way. We're cultivated a certain way. We have to be performed, like you said, performative, uh, provide, protect all those things. But what about just being? Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, right. And I'd love to keep you for another 30 minutes, but we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up and we're going to transition to our last segment of the show, which is flip the script. And that's where the guest provides a simple tool or strategy for either a challenge or a topic that we discussed in this episode. So you ready for your question? I am ready. All right. So there may be a, a gentleman out there who's listening. He's like, you know what? I do need to get more emotionally intelligent and I'm willing to do the work. What is one piece of advice or one way that that person can start to get external support so that they are not going on this emotionally intelligent journey by themselves? Because a lot of men do tend to try to do things on their own. Yeah, you know, I am such a proponent for therapy, like definitely um, invest in a therapist. Uh, but one thing that I that I know that you can do is if you have um, a partner, if you have somebody who you who you trust, share something that you're comfortable with sharing and really express it as emotionally intelligent as you can. Like really dive deep into your emotional lexicon to see what you can come up with. It's just practice it, right? Practice vulnerability, practice sharing um, your experience with somebody that you do trust. But above that, I want you to do that with your therapist. I think it's so important for brothers to, um, I think it's time to get into, you know, for us to invest in, in, in a therapist. And I want to say this, a therapist is there only to see you win and to flourish, period. That's it. They're not out to trick you, game you, G you. They're not, they're not, that's not what they're about. They're there so that you can flourish and be whole and live a successful life. And so I want, you know, I want to leave that. All right. And there you guys have it. Purvis, thank you for joining us this week. 
Thank you for having me, brother. Oh, please let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and social media. I am at Purvis Taylor, P-E-R-V-I-S-T-A-Y-L-O-R on all social media platforms. And uh, my company, Aberrant Wellness, is A-B-E-R-E-N-T wellness.com and PurvisTaylor.com. All right, I have all of this information down in the show notes, so please don't go clicking notes or trying to search him on Instagram while you're driving because I'm not paying for none of y'all insurance premium. <laughs> we'll have that kind of uh, benefits over here at Love Unscripted. So I just want to thank everyone who took the time out to listen today. Please head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher Podcast, comment, rate, subscribe. If you're in podcast land, go ahead and head on over to Love Unscripted HD on YouTube where you can see the full episode for this uh, for this episode, the full video for this episode. <laughs> and I don't edit nothing, so that's gonna be in there. Okay. So we'll see you all next week. And as we always say, hey, we may not have all the answers, but we will have the conversation. I'll see y'all next time. Bless yeah. peace.